Welcome to Infinite Impact Radio, a podcast for impact influencers by impact influencers with world-changing missions. Hey there, impact influencers. My name is Evans Putman. I'm the founder of Infinite Impact Coaching and Consulting and the host of Infinite Impact Radio, where I interview entrepreneurs about their purpose-driven businesses and their missions to contribute towards creating a positive ripple effect in the world. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to sharing your world-changing mission soon. All right, everybody, welcome to Infinite Impact Radio, the show for impact influencers by impact influencers with world-changing missions. And I'm excited today to have one of those people on, Bonnie Kelly. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Evans. Good to be here. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm excited. You know, we, we met just probably a few weeks ago. And as soon as we met, we connected. And I was like, I really want you to come on my podcast. So thank you for doing that. And I'm going to quickly give everybody an introduction. Bonnie is a speaker, author, and coach. She's the founder of Rebels for Joy, a movement on a mission to help women radically transform the way they think and feel. Through her dynamic teaching, she's equipped thousands of women with the necessary tools to realign their purpose, passion, and power, all fueled by authentic joy. So if you're ready to remove the mask in the cycle of self-sabotage and let your truest light shine, then it's time to answer the call of greatness and become a rebel for joy. I love that. That's why I read that. I was like, I got to read it because I love it. There's so much in here that I connect with myself, even. Um, authenticity and shining your light are a big part of what my message. So um, I love that. Did I leave anything out? Anything else you want to add to this? No, 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 no. We, we decided when we were going to do our bios that we're going to do them a little bit differently because we, we figured like, you know, just bragging about all the amazing things that you did is one way to build authority. But for us, it was more of an invitation and inviting people into saying that this is about you beginning to transform and elevate your existence, your life. Uh, we may be here, Evans is here, I'm here as like your rebellion leaders in our own way, but ultimately at the end of the day, we're here to serve you in a big way. That I kind love of that. I love that. An invitation. I love, I just actually jotted that down. I was like, that's just great. That's a great way of approaching it for sure. So, um, and one thing we did leave out that we'll touch on a little bit later, um, but you are also now a podcast host for the Rebels for Joy podcast. Um, and you know what? Let's just go in and dive in. Then we'll dive back to your origin story. Now that I brought yeah. up, we don't want to leave the loop open that long for everybody, but I was excited to hear uh, how well your launch went. Yeah. And you've gotten so many people coming into your world from this podcast. So I think that's a great, one of our, one of our topics is how to shine your message out to attract and affect the right people that yeah. need to hear it. So if you don't mind maybe sharing a little insight into how your launch went, what kind of forethought y'all put into it and yeah. um, why you think it was so successful. Yeah. You know, I, I thank you for that because that's a fun question I get to answer that I don't think anybody's asked me yet because there was so much thought Evans and behind how to launch this. I mean, my business partner Jillian and I came together, oh my gosh, probably like nine, 10 months ago. And originally, we wanted to launch this podcast. And so both of us tend to be those people that just like fires, go full steam ahead, get it done. And so we would have launched it. But what we realized is that that behavior of just getting it done and not thinking it through 
doesn't actually serve the grander vision of what we wanted to create. And what we want to build is a multiple seven-figure income coaching firm. So when we thought about it, said, okay, wait a minute. Well, what do we need to have a successful podcast? Well, the first and foremost, we absolutely need to know our customer avatar. We need to know who our what girl is. What keeps her up at night? What does she eat and breathe? What is the problem that we can solve? Once we identified her, that gave us a better understanding of um, each one of the episodes. Now, how can we teach, bring, you know, teach that and bring that forth to her? How can we show that and how can our marketing align with that? What topics are going to resonate with her? And then we started um, cultivating a message uh, that was injected with fun. We open every episode with a joke. There sometimes Evans horribly bad. <laughs> They're so cheesy. And it'll get you to chuckle. And that's the purpose of them, right? It's just to infect you with a little bit of delight. And but they're they're just curated in a way that really speaks to the heart of a busy woman. A woman who is listening on her way to go pick up the kids. A woman who is, you know, just listening while she's like getting a workout in on the treadmill. And so we we curated in a way that really resonates well with her. And then we even hit the reject like the, the um, reject button on anything that doesn't fit the mold. We've recorded a couple episodes that after re-listening, or we've even had interviews that we were just like, nope, that doesn't qualify, and we just whoop, we pick that out, and we give them a chance to re-record or we re-record it in a different light. And so it just is about quality and knowing the ideal person that you're speaking to, which I think has allowed us to have you know. A tremendous amount of lunch. Yeah, that's a really important message there. Just to, um, you know, thinking about that person that you're speaking to as if they were there in front of you, and then also having the forethought to go ahead and think about what's the end result, the end in mind that you want to have. So I think that's really um, definitely something important that I hope people picked up on because a lot of times it's fun just to like go for it. You know, and we hear that all the time to just do it, just go for it, you know, dive head first in. But, you know, sometimes that if it's not really smart to dive head first into water. That's only a couple inches. It makes sense to have a little bit of forethought ahead yeah. of time. But now, let me ask you this, because I think this is interesting to me. I hope it'll be interesting to people, too, as well. When you did that, was there a way to keep your ego from coming in and interrupting you and constantly saying, well, how are you going to get this done? How are you going to get this done? And sort of stalling the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, ab yeah, absolutely. I think procrastination is a bug that could bite anyone in the butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like it is. And when you get bit by it, it's going to, it's going to paralyze your success. So for us, I mean, the accountability of having a partner is, there's, there's no words to really describe it, how valuable that is, right? When that other person depends on you. But uh, also it's, it's, I would say what's kept our egos at check more than anything is to remind ourselves that this isn't about us. It's not about me. It's not about her. This is about our girl. We even, our customer avatar has a name. Her name is Catherine. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we talk about Catherine all the time. We talk about, you know, what's in this for her? What is she going to receive from this? How is this going to influence her? What actionable steps is it going to, uh, is she going to take as a result of this? Where do we want her to go? Like from this podcast, like where are we going to invite her to join us? Like, is she ready for coaching? Does she need a free opt-in? Is she ready to for a six-week or a year-long or whatever it is? So we're constantly asking that question. And I think because we're putting Catherine before us is that you can't have an ego in that. It's not about you. 
And we allowed that to be the driving force um, for the decisions that we're making and marketing uh, and branding um, and, you know, class schedules and everything that we're rolling out. No, I love that. So put, if, if you start with the serve first attitude, then it sort of leaves the ego way back behind where it's not going to disrupt you. So I love that. I love that. Um, all right. So we've thrown a big pattern interrupt into my listeners because used to, they're used to almost a little bit of a flow. So that's been great. I actually enjoy it, you know, starting with something different. So now that we've already introduced you a little bit and gotten people to get to know you, let's go back in time a little bit, if you don't mind, and maybe yeah. share a little bit of your origin story and how you got into um, the profession that you're in and what makes you want to serve these people that you want to serve. Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast the other day and I loved it because he would kept asking this question of the seven, la seven la layers or levels of why. And you're digging down into understand like, what is your, like, what is your motivator? What drives you to keep going? And I think that we often, um, bypass that. We don't really dig in that deep to understand why we do what we do. And my origin story really kind of wraps itself into the big why of why I became a coach and a speaker and an author. So when I first started this journey into personal development over a decade ago, it was, it was truly for my own personal life. It was to help me heal the shadows, the pain, the hardship, uh, that was left in, in my trail on my journey to becoming me. I was a homeless teen. I was addicted to drugs. I was in and out of jail, in and out of rehab. I was sexually abused from the age of eight years old all the way through until my adulthood. I found myself as a result of all of these experiences, the abandonment, the betrayal, the dysfunction, the abuse, found it leaving me with this belief system that I was worthless, Evans. I knew to my very core that I was just worthless, that I wasn't enough. So as a result, if you can imagine when you're operating on a belief system that's that low, your behaviors, your actions, the people you date, the jobs you take, all of it will follow suit. So I found myself broke and dead-end jobs in very highly dysfunctional relationships, abusive relationships. I found myself jumping from state to state like a gypsy, thinking that my problem was my environment, not recognizing that a big part of my problem was me. It wasn't my fault why I was the problem. I was a child of dysfunction and abuse, but it did become my responsibility to do something differently. So, I, you know, I say that actually the universe, God intervened. And I think that when the student is ready, the teacher is going to come. And I had a chance when I was 21 years old to reconnect with my real father. At this point, I want to emphasize that this was a point, it was like a, a pivotal decision for me. I was at the point where I was so dark and so low and so hurt that I was ready to commit suicide. It was the end for me. And fate intervened. In fact, it's a pretty interesting story, Evan. So um, I didn't meet, uh, I met my real father once when I was 18, but he had abandoned us when we were five years old. So I have an opportunity now to reconnect with him. I'm in this really dark situation. I'm kind of desperate. Um, and out of this despair, I make a phone call to him in California. I have no idea that it's like one in the morning here. I didn't even <laughs> think about time zone differences. And I remember the panic I felt 
when the phone was ringing, like, what am I doing? Oh my gosh, I cannot burden this person with my pain. I can't do it. And so before I could hang up, I realized that the answer machine had already started. So I just quickly just leave a message that says, I just call in to check in to see how the weather is. And I hang up the phone. Unknowns to me, 10 years before this moment, my dad was on a spirit quest. Uh, so for him, losing his children threw him into a dark place. He went on this personal development journey to really find himself to heal his wounds and his shadows. And he found himself on a Native American retreat, retreat in the middle of the woods on a spirit quest. And at the end of it, the Native American chief comes running up to my dad. And he says, Jim, Jim, I've got, you know, I got this message for you. And my dad's like, what is it? He says, well, one of your children are going to call one day. And you need to know the answer is going to be yes. You have to remember this. My dad's like, awesome. Which child? He's like, I don't know, because he had two. And he's like, when? He's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what's the question? And the, the chief's like, I don't know. <laughs> so now <laughs> my dad's like, this doesn't help. So someday in the future, one of my kids is going to call, and I just have to know the answer is yes. And, that, and the chief said, yes. So now flash forward 10 years later. I, my dad had already met my old brother. He already met me once. And here's this moment where I leave this voicemail on his answer machine at one in the morning, just says, I'm checking on the weather. He calls me back almost instantly. And I just immediately just had made the conscious decision. I'm not going to burden him. I'm just going to tell him, um, I talk about the weather. And he, and he immediately says, pause. I don't, I don't like pink elephants in the room. If the answer to your question is already yes. Does it make it easier for you to ask? What he didn't know is that I didn't feel worthy enough to ask for help. So him already asking that allowed me to say, can I move to California? And the next day, I had $300 for my name. I spent half of it on a one-way train ticket on my way out to California, detoxed on the way here, uh, and found myself in a home that was personally developing, development driven. Mm -hmm. And he set me on this path to becoming the woman I am today. And so when people ask me about why do you do what you do? And I say, well, helping other people gives so much meaning and purpose to all the suffering that I endured. And so that's why I do what I do. I help other people now uh, be able to retrain their subconscious and their conscious minds in a way that serves their highest good, regardless of the past that they've experienced. And so, yeah, that's my story. Oh, that's <laughs> part awesome. of it. Yeah, I love it. No, that's a, it's an amazing story. And it's, um, you and I've discussed this, how the, you know, it's amazing how things show up when they're supposed to show up in the right yeah. timing and, it's funny because a lot of times I'm sure people listening, you want things to happen on your time line. Um, but if you wouldn't have had all your past, then you yeah. wouldn't be the person now to be able to serve all these people yeah. the way you can. And um, I remember, you know, I, I wish I could remember the exact quote. I heard Sean Stevenson the other night who he was talking about all the pain he endured as a child and how, mm -hmm. you know, he wondered why he should continue living. And for those of you who don't know, he is, you can go look him up. I think it was the three foot giant was his, what he went by his moniker. And sometimes he just recently passed away, but 
he shared that story and it was like the pain his mother actually told him that this was all part of his journey. It was being done for him, not to him. And he took that one sentence and went out and changed the world by being somebody that served others. So I think your story, I love it because it's, it, our listeners can listen to it and they can think, you know what? There is a purpose behind everything that's happening Mm -hmm. to me. There's a reason why. And it's something I think a lot of times we lose sight of along the way. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's easy to lose sight when you're blinded by pain, when you're blinded by emotion, when you're blinded by hardship. Like when we're stuck in that and it becomes so familiar, it's almost like a safety security blanket. Of course, we're not going to be able to see anything else. Of course, we're not going to be able to see the silver lining and all of that hardship. We're too much in the thick of it. But we have to start peeling back those layers piece by piece, begin to start healing them, letting them go, shedding these old identities, shedding these old stories, let, um, forgiving ourselves, forgiving those who hurt us to rise up on the other side. So that way we can look back and now we can begin to say, okay, wait a minute. Now I can see, now I can see that like, Oh, the purpose that that served, that that was preparing me for this next journey, that that was preparing me for this next uh, experience. And that becomes the catalyst or that becomes the, the strength um, to, to really serve the world in a much bigger way. Yeah. So would you, would you say then from one thing that I heard you say there, would you say one of the biggest ways to, because um, I like to discuss how we, we must rise into our authentic self to serve that purpose is that one of the best ways or one of the, I guess, tipping points is the forgiveness of yourself and of your past? Yeah. You know, forgiveness is a gateway drug is what I say. (laughs) It's a gateway (laughs) is the gateway to emotional freedom. And I think there's so much like misnomers around forgiveness, a lot of uh, stereotypes around it because we think that by forgiving that we're pardoning excusing or letting someone else off the hook for the damage or the mistakes or the betrayal that they've done. That's not what forgiveness is. I mean, forgiveness is what Tony Robbins says. It's a gift you give yourself. It's something that we do not for them, but for us. And I think that's the biggest mind shift because I felt that by accepting or forgiving, that means that I was making what they did acceptable. Well, accepting my past doesn't equal acceptable. Joan, uh, I think her name is Boank Branco. I can't say her last name, but she has a quote that says that you can forgive someone and still testify against them in court because forgiveness is truly about the emotional freedom. It's about releasing the resentment, the hurt, and the anger. It's about bringing you emotionally present so that we have the capacity to assert boundaries, to hold people accountable, to correct injustices in the world. But if we're stuck in the past, we don't have the emotional ability. We don't have the space to be able to make change, to do more in the world. And so, yeah, forgiveness is absolutely an essential piece to allow everyone, regardless on your story. Now, my story can be a little bit extreme and it can deter people. Guys, you could have a great life and still be holding on to aspects of resentment and bitterness towards your siblings or your spouse. And that's okay. But it's, it's about recognizing how it's impacting you and what do you choose to do with that information? Because I can guarantee you that holding on to it is draining the joy right out of you. 
And we want to, if you want to elevate your joy, well, guess what? This is the state place. This is the start of what we need to do on that journey. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so I want to sort of shift gears a little bit because we do have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are in the entrepreneurial world. Awesome. And I think it's perfect because we're talking about coming from fulfilling your mission, serving your purpose, and then turning that into your profession, which a lot of people, um, I'll just speak from somebody, let's just, I'm, I'm going to put myself in a scenario. I go through a lot of changes. I see that I've got a gift to give. And it can be a little daunting to step away from the nine to five or whatever I'm used to, to venturing into this business world to share that gift and fulfill mm -hmm. that purpose um, and to monetize my mission by changing the world. So long question, but with all of that in, you know, hovering around you, what is a good, simple way, a process, maybe two or three steps that people can take to move from you know, I've now found my purpose. I hear my calling. What can I do to get out there and share it and turn it into a business? So yeah. I didn't have any um, strategies or tactics to share in that sure. regard. I think the first place for people to start is to really recognize what is the end result that you want first. I think if we, we're often thinking about what should we do now and not what, what impact do we want to have? So when we first, when you first start going to the drawing board, like you have this passion, you have this story, you have this experience and you're ready to help or serve the world in some way. Wonderful. Well, what do you, what is the result you want to deliver? Because once we know that we can decide, okay, are you a motivational speaker? Are you an author? Are you a podcaster? Are you a blogger? Like what exactly, how do you want to serve them is going to let you see which one of those avenues you want to go. And then from there, you really need to play to your strengths. I know for me, my strength is being on stage. So I tend in my business to do a lot of live interactive experience events. Because that for me is how I know that I can make the biggest impact with people. I'm toe to toe with them, heart to heart. If I didn't know my natural strengths and abilities, I, get, I would get lost in what everyone else is telling me I should do. I can't tell you guys how many years that I spent following the guidance of what everyone else thought was right for me versus really honing in on what I knew was right for me. So if you're on that fence, we really need to figure out like, what is the end result? How do you want to serve this world? In what way? And then where are your strengths and talents and attributes? that we can, we can incorporate those in so that when you do take that leap, it's going to be fun. The last thing I would say is to really consider doing it gradually. There's so many people that say, just bite the bullet and jump off the cliff. <laughs> I, I didn't do that. I ended up kind of like putting my toes in the water, and then I went up to my knees, and then I went to my waist, and then I dove in from there. It was an easier transition than it for me to have the safety of my other career that I had developed to go from where I was a coach 10% of the time and I was running a big real estate industry, uh, real estate business at a big team. We were in the top 5% um, for California and Hawaii with Remax Gold. So big, big career. Everybody thought I was crazy that I was like kind of venturing in this other direction, but I, want, I wanted to follow my heart. I knew that I was made for more. 
And so at first it was 10% coaching and 90% realty. And then as the month went on, I went for 80. And then as the month went on, I went to 70, 30, and then 60, 40, and then 50, 50, et cetera. To the point where now it's that I am 100% an online, a coach and an online influencer and a speaker and an author. And I don't do real estate. <laughs> right. And right. so I was able to build my confidence. I was able to build myself and really be able to start navigating where I wanted to take this business. So an overview of why I'm saying all of this is because there is, this is information overload out there as far as what you should do when it comes to following your purpose and following your passion. If you're not really, really clear with who you are and what you want, it's going to be easy to get washed up in all of these other ideas. And next thing you know, five years later, you find yourself in a space where you're just like, this isn't me. This isn't my brand. This isn't my identity. And, and you find yourself needing to start over. So it kind of goes loops all the way back to what we said in the beginning, Evans, about, you know, you want to think with the end in mind, right? Like we got to think about who you want to serve. Like where do you think you can make impact and really thinking through all of that first allows you to have success in the start versus having to go back and clean up the mess that you made uh, by just winging it. Yeah. I love that idea though, that it's a smart way to do it because one thing that I can attest to is that if you do go all in sometimes, if you hit that point of you're starting to stress out about how am I going to pay the bills your mind, everything's going to be focused on those stressful things and your scarcity, the lack, instead of the gift that you have to be able to share. So I think that's an awesome way of doing it, starting slowly um, and, you know, dipping your feet into it as you start to get momentum, then slowly moving away from the other things. So that's mm -hmm. just a, it's a smart way. And I've never had anybody come on the show and actually mention that before. So I appreciate that. Um, one thing I do want to go back and touch on too is I know you mentioned to sort of think about what your strengths are. Yeah. And um, one thing that I wanted to ask you too now, as far as, you know, a lot of times we have strengths, but sometimes those strengths may not be what our purpose is, mm -hmm. or maybe it doesn't feel right to us. So does that one thing that you would throw in there too, do you feel like you need to find something that lights you up, that just makes you energized and excited all the time as well? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So I do think that you need to follow your bliss, right? Like you really do want to figure out like what brings you the most joy. And the only way you're going to just discover that is through exploration. You kind of got to just get out there and start doing things till you figure out what really fits your group. For a long time, I was doing corporate coaching, right? So I'd go into these corporate offices and I would teach uh, emotional intelligence to HR. I found out really quickly that it's very profitable. And it is absolutely miserable for me, <laughs> right? So I was following the money because I was like, ooh, that part's really exciting and fun, but not so much serving a bunch of people who truly don't want to be in a room. They were there because they were clocking in, clocking out. They were expected to be there. Not because they didn't elect to be in that room. And what I found is that the energy there is vastly different than the ones that I curate and cultivate on my own accord. Well, I would have never known that if I hadn't experimented that in the first. So you do need to go out and just experiment it so that you can really start to see what does light you up. Yeah. So that's what I would say about that. Yeah. I love that. That's a great answer. Cause I mean, you were still following your strengths yeah. 
but just in a different venue and a different yeah. avatar and uh, it wasn't getting you excited. So I've never actually thought about that, but that's really true. But yeah. rem it reminds me of, um, I'll throw this out and then let you jump back in, but it reminds me of when I was a personal trainer, I was really excited. It was my strength. It came from, a, I came from a point of wanting to share something that changed my life for the better to give to others. But I found myself working with the wrong people. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, my gifts, my passion became something that I dreaded doing on a daily basis. And it wasn't until I hit the reset button and started fresh somewhere else with a different clientele that it, and I would have never thought of it that way. So you brought that full circle yeah. for me. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So. And the last thing I was going to add is that your strengths can be repurposed. So I don't think that people should immediately dismiss all that they know. It's really look at how can I use what I know in a different way that serves me better as well. Because yeah. what, I, what I knew was how to um, do sales. Well, guess what? Sales actually ends up serving me really, really well in what I do now. In fact, it was all of that sales training that made me a very charismatic, think on my feet, be able to pivot speaker. So I was using all of that sales training, now repurposing it in a way that allows me to be a very uh, charismatic and dynamic professional speaker. So I think that it's important that whatever you know now, instead of thinking that you just don't want to or it doesn't bring you joy, think about what are the skills and attributes that that equivocate to it and how can I repurpose it in a way that is in alignment with what I actually want to do so then that way it's that we're not like trying because it's very people get very I feel like kind of black and white thinking when it comes to like oh well that's who I was it's not I don't do that anymore it's like okay but what attributes of that do you still use or what could you use instead of denying yourself mentally of it yeah. Okay. You just spoke to me right there. <laughs> that was a good lesson for me that I probably needed to hear about six or seven months ago, but it's a good reminder now um, because I was in the same situation, leaving something else thinking. And everybody's like, well, teach me about that. Show me how you did that. Coach me on that. I'm like, no, that was then. I don't really want. And now I find myself coming full circle and I did exactly what you did. I reframed it in a way that it brings me more joy to share it. Um, but I, I just never thought of it. If I would have known that process six months ago, it would have helped. So, yeah, <laughs> but that's great. So I'm sure somebody out there listening, that's going to be very valuable information. Um, the last thing I want to do before we jump off and wrap this up is I like to, if you're comfortable with it, share some stories, maybe one or two stories of people that you've worked with and the way their lives have been transformed, you know, privacy, obviously, no yeah. need to mention names, but I think a lot of times we connect when we start to hear these stories of wow, that person had this life changing experience or that person, you know, you served them in a way that it transformed their life for the better. And it's great to hear those stories, those success stories. So I don't know if you have a couple yeah. you'd like to share with us, but that would be awesome. Totally. I think one of my favorites, and I'm going to call her Catherine because that's our customer avatar. And so, <laughs> so um, Catherine, when she first came to me, it was almost intimidating because she was, I mean, VP, high level, executive ranking, you know, woman uh, in her in her company, and she was struggling with this kind of imposter syndrome. 
She kept waiting for the shoe to fall. She was wondering what, when the day everybody's going to figure out that she, she doesn't qualify, that she's not enough for what she's doing. And so outwardly, she had it all together. She was holding, she was holding her own well. But inwardly, she felt like a fraud. And she was wearing these masks and pretending that she was fine because the world thought that. So she was going to let them think that because she didn't want the alternative with the failure, which then would have validated her inner belief, her inner fear that she wasn't enough. So Catherine, when she first came to me, we ended up within just three months of one-on-one -on -one coaching. She started in our, what's now the Rebels University. Um, and by the end of it, and still to this day, we keep in touch because she's, it's, she just has my heart. And she is now expanded. She moved companies. She's up-leveled into a higher position than what she was before. And because now she takes that emotional ownership of where she is, she was able to influence and create a, a dynamic in this new company that has put them in a position to be one of the um, most, what do they call it? It's the, um, it's like in one of the most enjoyable places to work. They're oh, like yeah. rated in, the, in those top places because of her finally standing in this position of saying that I am enough, I am worthy. And because she's operating from that, she's able to change, um, change the dynamic for all the people that she works with as well, which is really cool. That's great. She's, yes. she's one of my favorites. Um, oh my gosh, who's the other one? I was gonna say, um, probably one of my other ones, Devana. So when she ended up, when she was going through an ugly divorce, like super ugly divorce, uh, that left her in that constant state of A, she didn't know who she was anymore. She had felt um, kind of been emotionally battered throughout that relationship. She had found herself just completely losing sight of her identity, thinking and believing that she wasn't going to amount to anything, that she wasn't capable. So she was holding herself back from really advancing. She was holding herself back from really, truly shining in a way that would bring her and her children a tremendous amount of joy. Her children had a rocky relationship as a result of her identity crisis. And within six months of working with her, we were able to um, help her identify the true version, the authentic version of who she is helping her get into that place where she knew like she knew that she was enough, that separate the dysfunction, other people's dysfunction from her own. We equipped, equipped her with the skills of boundaries. She stopped people pleasing. She removed her mask. And now she is living and traveling with her girls. They are just doing amazing. Uh, and she works um, with all of these high level nonprofits and it's just beautiful to watch her as well. So it's a couple. Great. Yeah. That's great. That's like, I mean, at least for myself, when I see these transformations in other people, it just makes me, it lights up my world. So yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, it's awesome when you get that kind of success because yeah. their success is really your success. So, um, yeah. And there's all kinds of videos. If you guys, if anybody's interested in hearing stories such as testimonials and stuff, they're, they're all over the website as well. So you're actually can hear it directly from their mouth, not from ours about the transformations that they've been, we, uh, for doing the work. You just read my mind. So I was going to ask you, why don't you go ahead and share everybody that web address? So, and we'll put it in the show notes too, but if you would share them that, and then one of the, I'll remind you too, you mentioned as well that you had a challenge that you wanted to offer all our listeners to come jump in too. So you can go in and talk about both of those while you're at it. Yeah. Awesome. So our website is rebels for joy. Uh, com and it's F-O-R, so rebelsforjoy.com. And that's where you're going to be able to find out more about the movement that we've created. Um, our, our, 
dream to be able to really change the way that women are thinking and feeling about themselves. Because once we can change the way we think and feel, then we're going to change the way that we think and feel about our relationships, our jobs, our children. And it's just a ripple effect of joy that will spread through the world. So if you want to hear more about that, uh, if you want to start in increasing your joy right now, then we invite you to come over to rebelforjoy.com slash free. And that's where you can join our five-day triple your joy challenge. These are things that you can do in 10 minutes or less to elevate your joy now. Great. Yeah. I would, everybody take, take Bonnie up on that for sure. And then um, I'll put the links in the show notes. I'll put links to all your social accounts and everything so they can reach out to you, get in touch with you as well. And before we wrap up, I did want to share, I was taking a few notes and um, just to share with everybody a few takeaways that I got from this. There were a lot. So I had to scratch through some and rewrote some other ones. <laughs> but um, I, lo I loved what you said when you said forgiveness is a gateway drug. I thought that was, that was a great take, a great point. Um, it's a way that, you know, we always hear about forgiveness and how we should forgive. But I love that just sort of puts it right there in an understandable way that everybody can say, okay, you know, I should start there. I need to start with forgiveness. Um, also know you instead of what you should do. And that the thing I liked about that was the way you brought it up in a different context. than I've heard it before where we're always hearing, you know, stories of like, I, I went in, I became a lawyer because it's what I thought I should do. I became, did this, I got married because it's what I should do but you put it in the context of the entrepreneurial journey, which a lot of people, I've never heard it put that way. And I think it's really smart to know who you are because it is, there's a lot of information out there and information overload. And I'm in a few coaching programs and we have social media and we tend to compare ourselves with what other people are doing and think, Oh, well, I need to do it that way. I need to do it this way. So I think that was like one of the most really important things that I heard was to know you instead of what you should do in terms of your entrepreneurial journey when you're getting into that. Um, and then last, what I really liked was strengths can be repurposed. Um, another way to frame it in a way that makes so much sense. I'd never thought of it before, but you know, you have your strengths and you shared that story of finding yourself coaching in the corporate into HR people and it wasn't giving you the joy. It wasn't lighting you up, even though it was your strength. So you just took it to the people that needed it, that you connected with, that connected with you and it became something that lit you up and inspired you on a daily basis. So those are all great. So everybody that's listening, if you would, if you've gotten a takeaway, if one of these was your favorite, if you got one of your own, if you would just maybe take a snapshot of this, you know, episode on your phone while you're running on your treadmill, but watch out, don't fall down. Um, <laughs> take a snapshot, share it, post it, and tell us what that was that you took away that you got from this. Because as soon as you share something with other people, you go from just knowing it to actually learning it um, and being able to implement it in your life. So there's other people that you have in your circles that need to hear this message too. So please do that. And then, you know, obviously tag me. You can tag Bonnie as well, um, and we'll be glad to repurpose and reshare those for you. So thank you again for coming on. This has been awesome, and I'm so glad we met and had the chance to share this time. It's been a lot of great lessons for myself, so I know the listeners got a ton of value out of this. Awesome. It was my honor and my pleasure. Thank you all for having me. Thank you, Bonnie. We'll talk to you soon.
Hey everybody, this is Evans again. And real quick, I wanna invite you to join the brand new free members area, the Impact Influencer Vault, something we created just for you, our Impact Influencer Tribe. If you wanna increase your impact and income by monetizing your mission, then this is the place to be. So make sure to go right now to theimpactvault.com. That's the word, the impactvault.com where you can get started. And once you join and get inside, you're going to find a multitude of free tools, resources, trainings, videos, inspiration from my guests and also from myself. They're going to help you on this journey to becoming an impact entrepreneur. Now, once again, this is 100% free. It's always going to be 100% free and we update it regularly. So go right now to theimpactvault.com. That's T-H-E-I-M-P-A-C-T-V-A-U-L-T.com, theimpactvault.com, and I'm gonna see you on the inside.